Please excuse the sound quality of this episode. We hope you still benefit. Connection and reciprocity and how relationships go deeper. I mean, the grass is not greener on the other side. It's where you water it. So how much effort are we putting in into nourishing our relationships? Welcome to Unlocking College Life. Real talk about all things college. The best part of this podcast is that your voice is part of the show. Other students care what you have to say. So through your questions, your feedback, and your real talk, we all grow together. Let's dive in with your hosts, Joy and Alona. Welcome back to Unlocking College Life. So today we're going to be talking about relationships and friendships and connection, which I love talking about just in general, but we've been thinking coming back to the college experience sort of in the in-person full way this year also presents its own challenges because we all had to reimagine how to connect with other humans over the last year and a half. And during that, I heard from a lot of students that for some of them to be completely isolated and have to put distance between people was really hard and made things much more difficult for them. It made them doubt their social skills. It made them doubt how to connect. And for other students, sometimes that actually helped them. It helped them to sort of quiet themselves, to remember what they need, to think about what's most important. For some people, it really allowed them to notice which relationships and connections were the most important to them because you had to sort of be choosy, right? And so we want to have a conversation today about how these moments over the last year and a half have really helped you to think about this, to consider it, or to really allow yourself during this episode to consider what have I learned about myself? And then being thrown back into this experience to not sort of necessarily get sort of like caught up in like the whirlwind of it, but to really sort of center on what you really want. And so when we think about those kind of connections and relationships, how do you sort of orient, right? So there's a lot of people out there who might want to have lots of new friends and think to themselves, ah, I can't wait to meet new people in my classes and maybe in student organizations and just around campus. And for other students, it might be more about wanting to really just find a couple close friends or even with the friends you have sort of feeling like, oh, this isn't really going as deep as I want it. And like, how do I get to that next level? So Alona, I don't know, what have you been hearing from your clients about what they're hoping for, what's going on for them as we reintegrate back? Certainly it's not all COVID, but one story in particular comes to my mind of from a roommate situation, right? And sort of the differences around COVID safety and priorities in life, right? So how do you as a roommate navigate a situation where maybe you have lived a pretty COVID cautious life and then there is a party in your house, right? And how do you navigate that 
with your friends, with your roommates, assert boundaries? What does it really expose about those relationships? What are they built on? Is there a mutual respect, understanding, listening? How do you set those boundaries? How do you navigate that? So that's one of those stories that really comes to mind from last year. And I think students thinking about that this year, new situations and in classrooms, again, co-housing. And those are a couple of things that come to my mind right now. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because I think at one point last year too, I think because people had to navigate such like sort of intimate conversations with even strangers about like, are you going to wear a mask? Are you coming too close to me, it was almost like we were in some ways like dating everyone. <laughs> and so, but I think that was good practice for all of us to have to really tune into those like discomfort moments. And so I guess that's what I mean when I say, let's really think about this as we're coming back in, because in some ways we might feel like, oh, I forgot how to be social because I've only been social with such few people. I even feel that way to come into like a big group. It feels weird where it didn't before, but also to remember that we're sort of forced to use our skills of setting boundaries during the pandemic, but maybe it didn't feel good, but we can translate those to other aspects of our relationships and our friendships now. And so when I think about boundaries, it was actually another therapist, Esther Perel, that she talked earlier in the pandemic about the idea of setting boundaries, which I think when we talk about boundaries, a lot of people, that's what they think is how do you set a boundary, which is important, but also how do you dissolve them, which is interesting. And so the listeners to think about now is where do you sort of see yourself when you think about making new friendships with peers on a college campus? Are you someone who sort of takes it all on and gets involved in everything. And then all of a sudden just feels totally drained by being over-involved and over-committed that for you, it might be tuning into how do I actually say no? How do I start to set some boundaries? And for someone else, it might be, it's easier for me to want to avoid like the discomfort of feeling like, Ooh, I might get rejected or like, I'm not sure how to show up in these social situations. So how can I dissolve a boundary and actually think, okay, who are a few people that I'm starting to notice around campus that I really like, and I might want to reach out or go hang out or go grab coffee or something like that. What I wonder is in terms of coming back to campus, how does it feel? And I don't know if you've heard from any students yet, Alona, about how it's feeling for them. Yeah, and definitely sort of resonates what you said in terms of boundaries and also intention. I think what we are hearing from students right now, many of them are really being a little bit more intentional, what they want and what they don't want from this semester or quarter or the whole year and who they want to connect with. And that it actually takes some work. I mean, we can certainly say, I want to connect with more people or go deeper. And many of us are guilty of this, where we do get caught up in maybe the business and just don't do much about it. So I would just encourage to really maybe set one specific goal a week, right? Do I connect with one new person or two of my friends, at least on a weekly basis? What does that look like? So having a, a little bit of a plan and being a little bit more intentional. I love that. Actually, when you were talking, I was thinking... I think there is a little bit of a myth that friendships happen magically, 
right? Because a lot of students have come from experiences in their lives where they have like their friends that they had from elementary school, junior high, high school, and then they come to college and sometimes say, well, I don't have friendships like those anymore. And it's an opportunity to notice, well, the reason a lot of times you were so close to those people is because you knew them for so long. Friendships and relationships develop over time. And they also develop because someone has to, A, make the first move. Again, like I realize we're not dating everyone, but someone does have to put themselves out there, number one. And then as Alona said, there is a reciprocity to relationships and friendships too. It isn't magical. Some people are more willing to do that first step. Like those are the people that are like, hey, let's go like ride with me to this thing or like, come on, like meet us at pizza. You know, those people, they're great, right? Because they usually initiate, but there is a responsibility on both ends to sort of keep the connection going. And so to think about how do you typically do that? Do you do that through texting or in social media? Do you make sure that you get to see that person? I mean, I think that's a whole nother conversation that I would love to surface at some point, which is relationships and connecting via your phone versus, or in addition to in person, I don't know how you feel Alona, but I've talked with a number of students who will relay an entire story to me about like a big breakup or a big conflict. And they'll say, oh my gosh, when that was happening, like, how did it feel when you were talking together? And they'll say, oh no, that was all over text. (laughs) (laughs) I think that sometimes can be okay, right? Depending on the length and depth of the relationship, but yes, it's a We all communicate differently and certainly text and emails can also provide plenty of space for miscommunication and and not always be effective, but not always. Yeah. There was something that you were talking about in terms of sort of connection and reciprocity and how relationships go deeper. I mean, the grass is not greener on the other side. It's where you water it. So how much effort are we putting in into nourishing our relationships? And listen, you talked about high school and a lot of it happens by default. You just simply have classes with the same folks over and over. And so, yeah, a lot of it can happen very organically and doesn't have to be this scheduled plan. But I think it's probably a mix of both. So organically developing relationships and then also putting some effort in and and really clarifying your values when it comes to relationships, how you want to show up, right? And what kind of folks do you want to surround yourself with who inspires you, who allows you to grow? And that's not all sort of happy-go-lucky. I mean, I think some of the deepest relationships also include difficult conversations. What I'm also aware of is that sometimes we also hear from students who certain number of relationships that may be evolved around drinking or partying in college, which again, perfectly fine, part of college oftentimes. But then folks realize later that maybe there is not more than that, right? That there's no substance to that. And so also being aware that different folks, different friends, different peers serve different roles in our lives, and then that's okay. But again, all of that then comes back down to reflecting and what you want and don't want. Yeah. And that reminds me of the concept. Like, I feel like there's two concepts of loneliness. So one is like literally being isolated, which we all sort of experience to some extent, but then a lot of students will talk about feeling lonely amidst the crowd, which is sort of what I think you were getting at just now with sometimes, yeah, whether it's a part of like a big drinking crowd or even just like a crowd that's maybe more surfacey that you can, they could feel 
okay in the moment. And then when students reflect, they're like, actually, I don't feel like I really even know these people. Right. And I think that's exactly what like we're getting at is how do you know what you want and what are the attributes of those relationships in your life that you would consider to be deeper? Usually it does require both people to have had some sort of discomfort, like Alona said, or some sort of conflict, right? When you go through conflict, you actually grow. And, or as Brene Brown says, it requires people to have some level of vulnerability with each other, which is sharing things that are hard, sharing things that are real. A lot of students feel very disappointed by the level of like surfacey bullshit that's on social media. I mean, a lot of us do, right? If we're only presenting the good stuff, then it makes it really difficult to know like what's underneath it. That's what this whole podcast is about. It's like, let's get underneath it. I know even on Insta, like there's a whole like Finsta thing. I don't know if you've heard of it, this alone. It's, it's, no. it's basically, I don't even know if it's really out there as much anymore. I'll have to look, but it was kind of trying to be a flip on Instagram, which was, you know, again, putting out the good stuff. And so it tried to be putting the bad stuff, but then it actually ended up being a lot of students would say that it, it was almost overperforming on the other end. And so it still felt inauthentic. Still performance. Exactly. And so I really do think it's a good exercise to think to yourself, whether it's a relationship you have or whether it's a relationship that you observe in your life, whether it's peers, whether it's your folks, whether it's an aunt and uncle, it doesn't matter. Ones that you think are deep and authentic, start to notice what is it about that? Maybe even ask them, like, how did you do that? <laughs> right. And no one will say, oh, this happened magically. We promise they'll say they've been through conflict. They've had to talk about hard stuff. Someone had to be vulnerable. Someone had to share something that was hard. That's how we connect with people. And so, and none of this is easy necessarily, but it is, it can be rewarding. And so I think we do want to leave you with a couple of things to try. Like Alona said, like, think about, is there someone that you've sort of been hesitating to just like reach out to? Again, that could be over text. That's okay. Or it could be someone that's in your class that you're like, man, like maybe it'd be fun to do a study group together. Or maybe it's someone in your organization or on your team that you want to like try to have a deeper conversation with or share something that is a little bit harder. So try that and then let us know how it goes. We'd love to hear. And again, that you want to hear from each other. And so if you can share sort of what's going on for you in this newly imagined college experience, I think that would be helpful. Yeah. And I would add just a little bit to that you know, it's okay to observe for a while. You mentioned the study group, oftentimes more than obviously two folks. It's okay to sort of take a back seat and observe the group dynamics and sort of learn about folks and kind of see who are your people. But then also at some point sharing one, we all like to, for the most part, talk about ourselves. So we can't go wrong with asking questions and listening and sort of being a little bit of the host of the party rather than the guest of the party. And then also sharing some emotional content. And for those of us who hesitate to really put it all out there, there's small steps that can be taken, right? So simple example, we call this plus one. I could share with you that maybe as a little girl, I was scared of thunderstorms. This is a fairly non-threatening content. But it also gives you a little bit of information about me. It includes actual emotion and allows you to start learning a little bit about me. And you can probably roll with that and share back. 
So again, that ultimately goes back to that reciprocity that you talked about. Remembering though, that it's not one for one. No one is sort of having a precise measure stick and that is a perfect ground for disappointment and sort of resentment. But yeah, hopefully there's at least a little bit of reciprocity coming back. I love that. What do you call that? Plus one? Plus one. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. I think that should be our so assignment. Just... And even the thunderstorm thing, I feel like is such a metaphor, right? Mm-hmm. We could take that pretty far. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I hope that this has been a helpful conversation and we'd love to hear your voices on our Instagram page and we will revisit this topic. Absolutely. And yeah, we would love to hear your feedback and roll with this. There are a lot of different layers within this topic that we can absolutely take deeper based on what resonates. Okay. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review us on your favorite pod platform. Share with your friends if this is making you think about and participate in college differently. We want to hear from you. Connect with us on Instagram and let us know how it's going. This podcast is not professional advice or replacement for therapy. If you need professional advice, you should find it with professionals in your area, such as your primary care physician or therapist.